When you think of certain mentors in your life, you probably don't have to think too long about someone in your time as an athlete that helped mold you and shape you into who you are today. Whether that be a coach, an older teammate, or or someone that you just looked up to while you were playing sports, mentors can make or break your time as a player. They can really affect how you win or how you lose. And they can even change the direction of your life. I know I've had certain individuals that I can think of that have really changed my life by how they fostered and uh, mentored me as an athlete. For Coach Evan Key, he continues to mentor and shape the minds of young men through basketball at the Apprentice School. The Apprentice School is such a unique Division Three school where athletes can learn a trade, get paid for it while going to class, and get to play collegiate basketball. Coach Key strives to be someone that his players can look up to and someone that continuously points to Christ no matter if he wins or if he loses. And for Coach Key and uh, his basketball team, winning and success might be an understatement. Coming off a historic season for the program last year, Coach Key led his team to a conference championship, a top seed in the USCAA National Tournament, and he earned conference and National Coach of the Year honors. Not to mention his team is dominating again this season. Throughout the discussion, you will see how Coach Key has been so successful, how he strives to guide and build up athletes as a coach, and why his faith comes first in everything that he does. I am Ken Burke, and welcome back to the Competing for Christ podcast. Coach Key, Coach Evan Key, thank you so much for coming on the show today, sir. It's an honor to have you. It's a privilege to be on the show. I appreciate the invite, Ken. Yeah, of course. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun conversation today. First off, I want to know more about the Apprentice School because this school, I mean, it was doing NIL way before NIL was cool. You know what I mean? So talk to me about you know you your your coaching journey and just how you ended up at at this school. Okay. Well, yeah, it has been an incredible journey because if you look at our staff directory, the majority of the coaches at the Prentice School are alums of the school, and I'm actually one of the, the ones who's not. Um, I, I grew up in uh, Bowie, Maryland. I went to DeMatha Catholic High School. Um, from there, I attended college at Hampton University. I was a student manager for the team for three seasons there, which is uh, my connection to the Tidewater area, which is where the Prentice School is located. Uh, my senior year, I needed an internship, and I was interested in coaching. And you know, I sent out about a hundred resumes and emails to coaches. And <laughs> I was fortunate that Christopher Newport, which was located in Newport News, which is about fifteen minutes from Hampton, I reached out and was willing to take me as a volunteer assistant coach. So that season, you know, we we won our, our conference, the USA South. We made the NCAA Division Three National Tournament. We were ranked in the the top twenty five. And uh, from there, you know, I, I kind of you know kind of cut my teeth in the business and, and got my opportunity. You know, I coached at Marymount University for a year. Coached at uh, Elmira College in upstate New York for two seasons, uh, Cuca College for two seasons in upstate New York. And then at 26 years old, I, I saw in Hoop Dirt that the apprentice school had an opening for a head coach. Um, I knew nothing about the school other than the fact that it was located in Newport News, an area that I was familiar with from college. Uh, when I was actually at Christopher Newport, we had played at a tournament where uh, apprentice school was one of the teams in the, in, in the event. We didn't play against them at the time, but I at least you know had, had seen them and, and thought that they were a pretty good program. And, uh, you know, just the more I did research, you know, like, like you mentioned, we're, we're the most unique college program in the country. Um, our students are all employees of Newport New Shipbuilding. And uh, they, they work eight hours a day building aircraft carriers and submarines for the U.S. Navy. 
Um, so it's, it's a paid apprenticeship program and the school is free. So, you know, when I'm going to talk to people, you know, what's nice is we, we don't have financial aid office or no FAFSA. <laughs> um, school's free and you're paid starting off at twenty one seventy four an hour. So incredible opportunity. Wow. Yes, it's, it's a lot of money, a lot of money. And by the time they finish, they're, they're making a little over $30 an hour. So, you know, that's about $70,000 per year. And this area is extremely competitive. But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a credible, credible situation that we have here. But, you know, it does come, you know, with, 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 a, with a sacrifice. You know, it's, it's, it's not a traditional college. You're either working or you're in class eight hours. Um, and, you know, if, if, if you're welding, you might be in a tight spot, you know, putting the pieces of the ship together, moving pieces of metal. And, uh, you know, and after that, you got to try to uh, try, try to play college basketball. And, uh, and that, that's, a, that's the, an effect on game days as well. You know, someone in a typical college might have gotten a nice nap in and maybe had a class or two, ate in the dining hall where, you know, you were down there on a submarine, you know, uh, <laughs> beating steel for eight hours. So it's, uh, it, it takes a certain level of tough, toughness. But, you know, we've been able to identify the right people for that. Yeah, I'm sure. Holy cow. What is that? What is that relationship like with your players? Because they're basically, you know, grown men working on submarines. How how have you managed to do to have that relationship with your players? Um, it takes a lot of uh, a lot of intentionality, you know. Like for one, you know, like I said, they're they're either working or in class for eight hours. So you know, unlike a traditional college where you know you might have guys stop by in the office during the day, or you might run into them in the cafeteria. Or, you know, you, you, if you're around enough, you know, like when I was in grad school at Elmira, I saw my guys on the weekends at the local restaurants. Um, at the apprentice school, you have to be a little more intentional, you know, because for, for the most part, um, the athletes aren't free until after their shift, which is usually about four o'clock. So um, I, I think one thing that, that we really try to do, and especially myself, is um, we, we don't have summer break. We don't have spring break. So we have access to our guys all year. So in the summer, um, when they're lifting, I make sure I pop in the weight room. You know, maybe, maybe I, I lift a little bit, work out a little maybe not as much as I should, but, I, but, I, but I'm there for a reason. I'm, I'm intentional about seeing them um, a couple days each week, um, checking in how they're doing. And like you said, the, you know, we, we do get a lot of people right out of high school, but, but you know, the, the, the opportunity to, to work forces you to mature. So, you know, we, we have had student athletes that, that have uh, started families who have gotten married, had children, um, some of them are taking care of their, their parents, you know, their family. So it, it's an incredible situation to be in. And, you know, I'm, I'm really just blessed and fortunate to, to have this level of responsibility put on me. And again, like I was I was only 26 when I got the job. So I actually had players who were really just a couple years younger than me. But, you know, it, it's kind of been the story of my career. When I was at CNU, I was I was 20 years old. So half the team wow. at that time was older than me. So <laughs> I, I've been I've been I've been forced to mature myself. But, you know, it's, it's been it's been a blessing. Yeah, that's what I was thinking when you said 26. I was like, oh my gosh, like I can't, I'm 25 right now. I can't imagine leading a basketball team. Holy cow. I'm sure, I mean, you know, I'm sure you had to, you know, mature very quickly after that as well. No, for sure. For sure. I, I had to grow up fast and, you know, it, it's it's a different relationship when you're a coach. And, and I've yeah. always tried to maintain that, uh, that relationship, you know, where I'm not their friend, I'm not hanging out with them on the weekends. We're not going to, you know, you know, it's, it's a player coach, but you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping that they see me, you know, and, and I don't get into this, but you know, as a mentor and someone who's maybe not, you know, maybe a big brother at this point, I'm probably more like an uncle because I'm, I'm a little <laughs> bit older than the guys now at 33 yeah. and, and we don't listen to maybe the same type of music or maybe we don't relate <laughs> to all the same things. But, but you know, when I was first starting out, you know, I was kind of like the big brother, you know, and, and, uh, and I embraced that role and, you know, I've, I've had some incredible uh, people that I've had the opportunity to work with and coach over the last couple of years. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned our topic today, you know, about mentoring through Christ that shows Christ and creates that winning culture. Because, I mean, you're, you are coming off an uh, incredible season. You're currently in one right now. So for yourself, how has Christ affected how you coach basketball, how you have that mentorship with your players? 
Well, Christ is at the center of everything I do, you know, because mm-hmm. first and foremost, more than anything, you know, my identity is, is, is a Christian, yeah. you know, like that, that's, that's my beliefs, something that that's built into my foundation. Um, you know, I was really fortunate to, to, to grow up, you know, and I'm not going to say maybe not the most religious background, but, you know, we, we did attend church and, you know, we, we were brought up Christian and, and, and you know, I, I did actually go to Catholic school and elementary school and, of course, high school. So it was always a foundation, you know, of a... Of who I was, but I think I really explored it when I when I got it when I became a man. You know, when I went off to college and and, and I kind of had to make decisions on myself. You know, like for, for for the first time in my life, my my parents weren't making decisions for me. They could guide me and lead me, but you know, I had to figure some things out. So um, I think that's when I became a lot more intentional w- with my religious beliefs and in my relationship with Christ. And it's really just magnified over the years. You know, I was fortunate to to meet my wife, who, who's born and raised in Newport News. We met my first season coaching at Apprentice School. And uh, she she's a devout Christian, you know. Her her local her local church, you know, is the church that her grandparents attend, and and still, you know, her mother was brought up in the church, and 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 all of her, her aunts, uncles, brothers, cousins, you know, everyone was brought up in the church, and uh, it was a big part of her relationship. So I think that you know that also helped me grow, uh, knowing that you know as as leader of a household, you know, I, I had to make sure that I could properly lead, and and, and you know the, the Bible is really just a blueprint for life, you know. I, I go back to that on a daily basis. If there's something I'm struggling with, questions I have, or, or just you know, just just need some reassurance, or just just you know, some either positive reinforcement, or or just you know, any, anything like I, I I read the you know the, the great thing about technology is, is on my phone is is available 24 seven. I can read the scripture at any time. I keep a Bible in my car. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm listening to sermons on my way to and from work, which is about a 30 minute commute each way. So, you know, Christ is, is at the center of everything I do. And, and I make sure that, you know, that that's who I am as a person. So that's who I am as a coach. You know, I'm not, I'm not a different coach than I am a person. So of course that's going to carry over. And it's something that, you know, I've, I've definitely grown with o- over the last couple of years. And I'm hoping that I continue to make even a greater impact uh, through this ministry of coaching. Yeah. I think it's, it's, that was a really big turning point for myself is when I got out of the house and went to college the first couple of weeks I didn't go to church because I didn't have my parents you know telling me hey you are you going to church it wasn't until somebody invited me and then yeah that was that was a big turning point for my life and I, I think I relate to you as well with my wife she was definitely a foundational element in my faith in growing in my faith because she was like hey this is important this should be important to both of us and you know have that relationship with Christ and yeah I mean it, it's been uh, an, a weird incredible journey uh, you know as a, especially as a Christian nowadays it's it's just crazy all the places that that Christ takes you for sure for yourself you know you have been I would say trans transformational for the basketball program what do you contribute that success to how have you had so much success as a young coach well first is is fortune from God you know I, I can't take all the credit for myself you know because a, a lot of positive things have to happen you have to land the right recruits um, good people you have to have a good staff of assistants and, uh, you know, it's, it's a number of factors, but to kind of backtrack to 2017, which is when I got the job. So apprentice school was coming off of a six win season and uh, hadn't had much recent success. And, you know, as a young coach, generally the, the first job that you get is probably not a, a job that, that's won a lot. You know, unless you're an assistant coach who gets promoted to head coach at the same school that you worked at, for the most part, your, your, your first job is going to be a situation that maybe not a ton of other people applied for. And, uh, you know, my first year, you know, we, we lost our first 12 games. Um, we, we started off 
11 of our first 12 on the road. We played a ton of high-level NCAA Division Three and Division Two opponents, NAI opponents, and we lost. And we, we started off 0-12, and that was a tough winter break. You know, I had to go home to my family, my friends, and, and uh, you know, I, I was, came there. And, uh, I took this job, and they probably thought I was nuts, you know, but I just – Believed in myself, and I knew I was called there to be there for a reason. So, you know, we ended up finishing uh, the last second semester. We won eight games, so eight of our last 13 finished with a record of 8-17. and 17. So not great, but, you know, we had a, we had a winning record in the second semester. So we had some, some positive momentum going in. Um, I knew we had to recruit, and we had to find the right individuals to come in our program. And, you know, we were able to bring in a class of eight that year. And, uh, and those were foundational pieces who have helped carry us over the last couple of years. Um, all those guys have now graduated, but they set the foundation. So my second season, we uh, finished with a record of 13 and 14. So not terrible. You know, we, we improved by five games. Uh, we were a lot more competitive. And then uh, crazy enough, um, what, what a lot of people don't know about my journey is I actually took two years away from coaching. So um, after the 2018-2019 season, um, I had just gotten engaged. Um, so again, like I talked about my wife and born and raised in Newport News. And at the time, uh, when I got hired at apprentice school, um, it was listed as a full-time position, and but it really wasn't. You know, they, they had combined two jobs um, to be able to get me there and to get me at a level that was financially um, competitive with what I need to be able to, you know, to live. Um, of course, you know, after the second year, you know, the adversity hits like it, it does. And uh, one of my positions was cut. So my, my half of my income was was shaved down. So I had to make a decision. You know, was I going to try to work a full-time job on top of coaching or was I going to try to find something else? Um, the athletic director who had hired me at the time had uh, both of his assistant athletic directors leave and he asked me if I was interested in getting to the administrative side. So uh, I, I did. I, I took the leap of faith and I was an associate athletic director. I took that job in the, the summer of 2019. But because two positions had consolidated into one, um, he thought it could be tough for me to balance coaching on top of basketball. So I stepped down, and uh, my assistant coach had uh, taken over, Tim Sparks, another great Christian man who, you know, I was fortunate enough to hire as my first assistant at apprentice school. Mm -hmm. And, again, it's a God thing. Like, I, I knew Tim a little bit. He was an assistant at Virginia Wesley when I was at Marymount, so we had ran into each other recruiting a little bit. But when I got hired at apprentice school, um, the athletic director told me that, Coach Sparks was looking uh, for a job, and, and I know he had college experience, and he knew the area that I was getting back into, and I was coming from upstate New York, so you know it's been a great resource. Even even now, Coach Sparks is the head coach at Hampton Christian, which is a high school locally, and I, him and I talk every day. You know, uh, my my son attends the the daycare that his wife owns, and it's Christian based daycare um, based out of the church that that his that his wife uh, is a minister at, um, and, and her father runs. So again, it has been a blessing. You know, I, I it was it was pure. I like I shouldn't have been able to land at such a quality assistant, but you know, God provided in, in that instance. So um, to fast forward, you no know, Coach Sparks um, led the program in 2019-2020, um, which is when uh, they finished 15 and 13, won their conference championship, and advanced to the USCA national tournament and, and broke the apprentice school drought in that. Um, the next year was COVID. We didn't have a sports season in, in 2020-2021. And then uh, Coach Sparks felt called to to move on to a different position. So when he uh, first resigned and, and we brought it got brought to the attention of my athletic director, um, and we were kind of thinking about next steps, where we going to open up a search, you know, how we are going to approach it, I, I just asked. I said, you know, I'm, I'm still interested in coaching basketball. Like, I still love to do it. Like, I, I, I missed doing it the last two years. Would you feel comfortable with me with me giving it another shot? And uh, fortunately, he said yes. So, you know, um, coming out of COVID, uh, we, we had uh, a lot of new players. You know, we, we had recruited two classes in a row and a lot of guys, freshmen who had to play college basketball. So we finished that season 14 and 15, made the national tournament. And then uh, last season, you know, we kind of took the next step forward. We finished 21 and 8, 
we uh, were the number three seed in our national tournament, advanced to the final four, and, uh, you know, had an incredible season, one of the best seasons in, in school history. And uh, I was national coach of the year, conference coach of the year. We won our conference tournament, went undefeated in the league. So just, just an incredible season. And then, you know, we've kind of transpired, you know, we, we've built upon that into this year. So now we're 11-3. and three. We're the number one team in the USCA's Division One. So that's the scholarship level of our national association. And uh, we're number one, and, and hopefully, you know, we can we can keep going and maybe maybe win another conference and national championship this year if we're, if we're fortunate. Yeah, that's the goal. I mean, I don't know if I need to give an intro at the beginning of this because I'll just clip that clip and just put it in the beginning because <laughs> all you said right there is awesome. Like, you know, national coach of the year, conference coach of the year, so many great things that you have going on right now. What do you think you contribute that leadership style to? And how, you know, how have you learned that throughout your life? Well, again, going back to 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 my faith and my beliefs, you know, I I, I read, I read, I read the Bible virtually every day. You know, like I, I read some scripture and, and I meditate on it and I study it. And again, like I, I think that's the blueprint to, to all things and leadership included. I'm hmm. um, in addition to that, you know, like of course I attend church, but I also follow a number of different pastors, and and, and there's really no better leader than, than someone who who runs a congregation or runs a church and is in charge of so many different responsibilities and, and has to deal with criticism and, 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 and trying to satisfy as many people as possible while still looking out for the best interest of, of, of the membership and in and, and Christ, you know, try to serve him. And uh, I think that, you know, th- there are some similarities between that profession and coaching. Um, and in addition, you know, I've, I've worked for some great coaches as well. You know, like I was, I, I even though I was young when I became a head coach, I, I was an assistant for a number of seasons and I worked for some really good people. Um, I'm someone who, who's constantly looking to improve myself. So I, I reach out. I talk to a lot of the coaches who I used to work for. I talk to a lot of different people who are in the business. You know, I study other people who who are in position I'm in now. You know, I have a, a good a good uh, group of coaches who I communicate with routinely. And, uh, you know, there's nothing like having fellowship and, and people to lean on because, you know, it can be lonely in, in positions of leadership. And that's just to be completely honest. You know, there's a lot of people who count on me to to be my best every single day. And, uh, and I understand that, but, but no one's necessarily sympathetic when maybe you're, you're having an off day or maybe, maybe something doesn't go right. You know, they're just, they just want you to solve their problems. And I understand that. And I understand that that's what being a leader is. But, you know, it does help to have a, a good core of, of people to be able to speak to and to help, you know, help you grow within your, your leadership. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important to have mentors. And, you know, like our topic today, it's so important to have mentors in your life. And you, you're, you are so... I know you are a mentor to so many athletes out there because, you know, because of that title as a coach. So why is it so important for you to, you know, foster that next generation of athletes? Because, I mean, like we mentioned earlier, these are these aren't just athletes. They are people in the workforce now, you know, and how have you been able to, to you know, mentor them and show them what it takes to play collegiate basketball? Well, for one, another thing I remind my players of all the time is they're technically my coworkers. You know, yeah. we, we all work for the same company, Newport News Shipbuilding. So um, th- there's always a certain level of respect that I'm going to approach them with. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to talk to them like they're one of my, my colleagues. But um, in terms of mentorship, I, I think that that's honestly what I was called on this earth to do. You know, like I, you know, I could have been a teacher. I could have done a, a number of different professions. But basketball just happens to be the platform that I use to be able to reach young people. And I understand that, like, a lot of my players are between the ages of 18 and 23. Um, it's a pretty critical um, 
age, you know, age range. You know, like we talked about, like when we went to college, how, you know, it was the first time being on our own and, and, and really making decisions for ourselves. And I, and that, that's the same thing with all the individuals that, that I coach that are in our program now, you know, like they're, some of them, you know, because of our situation might be a little bit closer to home. They might be staying with their parents, but, you know, but still like they're, they're adults, you know, they're, they're, they're having to make more decisions than they ever have had to before and more important decisions. So I think that, you know, the reason I was called, you know, I, I enjoy working with people. I enjoy seeing people reach their goals and, and seeing things that they want and, and really pray for come to fruition. So it's, 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 it's something that I take seriously. I don't take it lightly. You know, I, again, I understand that like I impact more people on a, a yearly basis than, than, than maybe people in other professions. So I understand that that just means that there's more responsibility that falls along with how I carry myself and, and also uh, things I say and do each day, I think really matter. Yeah. Take me through your recruiting because how do you recruit somebody for this? This the only school in the nation. How in the world do you recruit and what are your tactics for doing so? So it is different. Um, I, I worked at, you know, primarily tuition driven division three schools where, you know, you're trying to sell the small class sizes, the liberal arts education. But, you know, for the most part, most schools are, are kind of similar. Um, and really the recruits going to commit to you based on the finances, if the financial aid package works out mm -hmm. and also if they like you as a coach. At apprentice school, it's a little bit different, you know, like you, you might really love me as a coach. You might feel like, you know, we run a great offense. We have a great system, great culture, but you can't envision yourself working in the trades. You, you might feel called to be a doctor or a lawyer. And, and those are programs that unfortunately we don't offer. Um, so uh, recruiting is, is for us a lot relationship based. You know, I think that, you know, the more that we've had success and the more that we've been able to go out and reach different people and, and they've been able to gain an understanding of our program. I think that therefore they're able to um, give us leads on, on individuals who, who might meet our, our, our criteria, both from an academic standpoint, because again, we, we do have pretty pretty high admission standards at the apprentice school we're looking for, for smart students, but also someone who, who can is mature enough to be able to do the work and is going to be able to get themselves up in the morning and, uh, and, can, and can thrive in our environment. So I think that, you know, we, we do a lot of recruiting through word of mouth. Um, we do attend the local AU events and high school events. We do do all that, but to be honest, like I know that that's not really where we're getting the majority of our kids from. We're getting our kids from, from relationships that we have with other coaches. And then social media, again, is powerful. You know, I think that's probably probably how you and I connected to some to some extent. Yeah. Um, it's probably through social media. You know, I'm pretty active on that platform, especially Twitter. Um, I'm, I'm pretty active on Twitter. And, and, and really, it's not to, to gloat or to self-promote, but it's to, to spread the message of our program. Because there's a kid in Alabama who, who might not have ever heard of us, and, and rightfully so. So I just want them to know that, you know, especially for someone that might have financial need or might not feel like a traditional college is meant for them, um, there are situations where you can go to school for free, play high-level college basketball, and you have a guaranteed career. You know, like for me, like, you know, I talked about sending out 100 resumes. Like, our, our players don't have to do that. They, they have a job right after graduation, they step into their office or into their trade or into whatever profession in the shipyard they're, they're involved with. So um, it's different, and it really just comes down to relationships and then educating people on what we have to offer. Yeah, I'm with you. When I was graduating college, I was sending a resume every single day to different organizations and companies. It was it was stressful to say the least. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, going swinging back uh, to our conversation about you know how mentoring athletes and how that affects success as a coach. Do you think coaches can be successful without a healthy mentorship 
aspect to their philosophy because I feel like it's di- it's very difficult in order to be successful if you don't have that relationship with the athletes. I'm thinking of like Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, you know, all the high level coaches have that relationship with their players. So for yourself, how how what are your thoughts on that? I think so. I, I think that the gone are the days of uh, coaches being able to just say something and then someone just doing it without questions being yeah. asked. Or, you know, I, I think that you know this generation now, um, they're they're taught to ask questions. They're they're taught to find out the why, and 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 that's really one thing that I'm really big on. Is if anyone asks me a reason why we do something, I'll explain it. And, and again, you you might not agree with the reason, or you might not fully understand the reason, but you're at least going to understand where I'm coming from. I'm, I'm at least going to tell you why we do something. It's not just going to be because I said so. Um, and, and I feel like at this point, my players know me, and, and they, they know my, my strengths and my flaws. Um, and, and, and and that that takes you know a certain level of relationship. But I think uh, I think coaches maybe some can be successful, but I think very few. You know, if, if you're going to be able to win without building relationships, you have to be really fortunate and elite at something else. But I, I think that more time is not like that. That's not a good recipe for success with today's athlete. Yeah. I mean, you think about like old football, basketball movies, like the old coaches, like what I said goes like, it does not matter. But yeah, I was a good distinction of like this generation of upcoming athletes has a lot of differences when it comes to, you know, your philosophy and why we're doing something and the motivation in order to do whatever you're asking them to do. And I think it's, it's definitely interesting to, to witness as somebody, as a former college athlete too. But how do your players see Christ by how you act and how you coach, because you mentioned, you know, you, you read daily and you consistently are listening to sermons, but for yourself, you know, as a coach, how do you, first of all, keep your emotions in check? How do you continuously just show Christ and show that, uh, relationship through your, through your coaching style? Well, I think that they, they, they see me as, for one, um, someone who's relatively successful. You know, they, they might not admit that, but I think that they see that I have a healthy marriage. You know, I'm, mm. I'm, I'm in my son's life. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm able to, you know, communicate with them in a professional manner. I'm able to communicate with my coworkers, our, our officials, um, game day staff in a professional manner. I very rarely lose my cool. And, and, and some people might say that it's even almost kind of, like the, 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 they would say that maybe there are sometimes that I should be more upset about something, but I, I try to just keep a pretty even spirit and, and demeanor, and, and that's been an, oper- an an area of growth for mine. I wouldn't say I was the same way when I was twenty six, and I would be emotional and I would get into it, you know, and and, and something would go wrong, and, and I would you know maybe not handle it the best possible way. But you know, I, I want I want them to, to see me as, as someone who they can emulate, you know, in, in their lives, you know, and not saying that I'm perfect because I'm far from it. But, you know, I try to carry myself in a certain way and, and live a certain lifestyle, which I feel like, you know, where they can they can see Christ through me, you know. And again, without working at a at a Christian university, you know, because, of course, you know, we we are uh, owned by a business. Um, but, you know, we do pray before every game. You know, we, we say to our father, which I know a lot of sports teams do. Um, and, and I pray um, when we're doing the national anthem and, and, uh, and I pray constantly just throughout the day. So, again, it's something that, you know, as things open up and, and they get to learn more about me, uh, they'll understand more, maybe more of that element in my life. But uh, also, I think just by the way I carry myself, you know, like I 
I, I think I, I think I try to set a pretty good example um, for for the type of leadership that uh, that, that Christians should, should embody, you know, in some regards, you know. And I try to I try to really be mindful of that, you know, with with the way I act and my actions and and and, and trying to control my emotions. And even you know, if there's an altercation where maybe you know something is said to me, you know, I think about okay. How should I respond? That that, that that really reveals who I am and my character, you know, and that that's more so, more important than than, than having adding fire on top of fire. What has your faith taught you about how to mentor your athletes? Because I look to Jesus all the time uh, as a, as a the best mentor that has ever walked this earth. How have you been able to to replicate Christ and also remember that you know you're obviously imperfect. We're all imperfect. How have you been able to be easy on yourself by not, but also, you know, expect the best from, from yourself as well? Yeah, well, I think that it comes with the realization that we're all going to fall short in some areas. Mm. But I, I think that, you know, Christ for one served others. So, you know, yeah. servant leadership is kind of a buzzword. But, you know, I think that as a coach, you know, we, we try to serve other people. You know, like it's one of those professions where, when, when a team wins, I try to give all credit to the players. Like when, when, when we won coach, when I won coach of the year, I gave it. You know, I, I credited my staff and my players because, in all honesty, like you don't win that award if you don't have good people surrounding you, you know, or good people playing for your team. So, and I think for one, serving leadership is one way to embody it. Um, but but two, also just understanding that that people are imperfect, you know, like and seeing the good in them, you know, like we I have different levels of players and in terms of their faith and their beliefs and. And, and, and their backgrounds, but, you know, I try to see the best in each one of them and, and, and try to uplift them through positivity. You know, I try not to, to, to beat anyone down. I try to meet them where they're at and then connect with them and, and try to build them up from that standpoint. Um, so, again, it's it's another thing, you know, where, you know, Jesus ha- had a way with words and, and, and was able to send a message in a lot of different ways. So I think that as coaches, you know, we have different ways that we talk to different players. You know, you don't maybe coach every single player the same way. And I think that Jesus had that approach. You know, he, he had different different ways to attack different situations. And uh, I think that, that again, it's, it's, it's another blueprint to life. You know, like everything in the Bible um, still resonates today. So, I mean, if, if you read a story... Um, it's, it's gonna, you're gonna, if you, whatever situation you, you, you fall into in life, there's some story in the Bible that, that, that tackles that same situation, you know, just different characters, you just plug in different names. So, um, I think that that's really kind of helped mold, you know, my, my leadership style and the way I approach relationships with, with my players, my, my assistants and, and my coworkers. Um, and, and I think it's, uh, you know, I, I feel pretty good about it. You know, I, I can go at home and sleep at night knowing that, uh, that I tried my best, you know, and I tried my best and, you know, represent, you know, Christianity and Christ and, and, uh, and, and everything I did. And, and if I fell short, you know, I pray about it and just try to learn from it going forward. Yeah, it is so interesting to see how Jesus interacted with certain people. Like the Pharisees, the people that knew everything about the Bible, everything about the, the scriptures, he was the most harshest with them because they were being so hypocritical and judgmental. But the people that you know were sinning and the prostitutes, the, the addicts, the people that were just so obsessed with the world and what the world could give them, he loved them because he wanted them to change their ways and just show 
all of what he he could give them. Um, but yeah, Coach Key, you hit the nail on the head. I, I can't thank you enough for for coming on today. This has been awesome, just talking with you. And I can see why you've had so much so much success and had so much winning uh, at the Apprentice School because you're a great coach and you're a great man for sure. No, I truly appreciate that. And again, I, I love your platform and, and, and the stories that you're telling. So I'm really thankful and, and honored to be to be a guest. All right. Well, for all y'all listening out there, thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, Please make sure to share this episode with someone, uh, anyone really, if if it's an athlete or not, um, and subscribe to the show. It means more to us than you know. If you don't get anything else from this, just remember this. Jesus loves you and he's going to fight for you no matter what. Talk to y'all next time.